Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, well, well. You're inside of the That's Good Broncos podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm Brendan Perna here with Will Keys. Uh, we're we're okay. We're trying to figure out this Broncos team that is just being decimated by injuries after a weird loss last week. They take the loss to the Steelers today in a game they had a chance to win at the very end. So that's there's some it's weird because this game felt just like the movie misery to me just like our legs were broken and they kept getting rebroken by kathy bates so we could never leave but for some reason the broncos hung in there through all the pain with backup jeff driscoll in the game had a chance to win it so it's like i i I can't remember feeling optimistic after a game that made me feel so horrible for such long periods. Is that a fair way to maybe describe it, Will? Yeah, that's a, I think that's a good way of putting it. it. It got to the point sort of in the third quarter where I was just kind of ready to let the darkness wash over me. Yes. And I was like, well, if we're going to be bad, you know, let's just be bad. I don't, don't want to have to worry about it for a while. But they come back, and then it's frustrating, too, because, you know, you end up with the third and two down five, and naturally you throw two straight passes on third and two as you're trying to, you know, leave very little time on the clock plus a touchdown. Um, You know, two straight weeks, excellent time management. But, yeah, I mean, overall, today was a cursed day in Denver sports. And, you know, I'm not a Nuggets fan, but – you get the injury to Drew Locke's shoulder, Cortland Sutton, something happens to, to his knee. We'll keep an eye on that. And then uh, to top it off, Anthony Davis drives a stake through the Nuggets' hearts and, and nails the game-winning three in game two. Uh-huh. Um, we got to talk about football, but um, just kind of looking at the, the totality of it today, a rough one, to say, to say the very least, a rough one. Yeah, very, very rough. You mentioned the the Broncos at the end of the game, third and two. They call back-to-back passing plays, which 
like if you're just talking about it, it doesn't sound horrible but watching the game i was so perplexed why they didn't run it on third and two uh or fourth and two for, for that matter but like melvin gordon was having a pretty good game he got stuffed a couple times but he had 70 yards 3.7 per carry royce freeman only got three carries but he had 20 yards and 6.7 yards per carry so just by that those math maths that that kind of maths of averages you would re, you would convert third and two possibly, um, or it's 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 like the Broncos didn't have an easy play for Jeff Driscoll in that situation. So maybe you're just not really mentally ready to try to call a solid play there with your backup quarterback. Maybe you don't trust him. Maybe I don't know what I don't know what the fucking excuse is. But the final play stung so much, and this might be on Melvin Gordon. I don't know, but they they let uh, it wasn't Watt that came off the edge. I forget who even this. It was a it was a corner. It might have been Hilton or Nelson or Sutton or one of those guys. They had somebody blitzing, and Melvin Gordon didn't even acknowledge that the guy was coming. I don't know if it's his responsibility, like to pick up the blitz. Uh, but whatever whatever happened there, nobody picked up the edge rusher from the notoriously edge rushy Steelers who bring blitzes at you. In that situation, you would think that would be on the radar somewhere. And that, beyond like just, you know, maybe not giving a, a, a handoff in that situation, that is what really bothered me. Right. <laughs> it's... I don't know. I, obviously, we're just two people watching the game from our couch, but I felt like that's something they should have seen coming. Yeah, I mean, it seemed watching the game to me like Driscoll either didn't have the ability or didn't quite know how to check out of bad plays. So it felt like the box got stacked with him a lot um, because like, either they're blitzing or they're just selling out to stop the run game and saying – let's let this guy try to beat us with his arm, which he, you know, to his credit, did quite a few times. Um, but there are a few times where, you know, he kind of led Melvin Gordon into a, a swarm of Steelers defenders. And then other times where, you know, maybe if it's Drew Locke, maybe he has the ability to check into a run on third and two, or, um, you know, he recognizes the blitzer coming off the, coming off the edge. But, I don't know, it makes me think about because the Steelers lost their quarterback in week two last year. Right. And they played two quarterbacks for, you know, 15 and a half games, 14 yeah, and a half games, like that. It's too late for math. But what they did is they put their quarterbacks in really good spots to succeed. And they did things that made – life really easy for them whether it was have a package with a lot of like wildcat and then just a bunch of screen passes and bubble passes and just really high percentage throws i mean and i mean i think driscoll is is better too than than mason rudolph um or duck hodges either one really so i think he's more capable but they i think the broncos put a lot on him at the end of the game where if they yeah. could just kind of 
get him some easy throws. Like, like a few swing passes even, it felt like, you know, they, they could have just swung the ball out to Melvin Gordon a couple times for a few quick yards just yeah, to slow down the pass rush. And they kept, you know, Pat Shermer's offense is all about taking shots downfield. And this was not the game to do it because you can't take shots downfield and get your quarterback killed seven times because they got seven times. Yeah, seven, or they got seven times. Uh, you can't do that with that kind of pass rush and really um, a swinging gate at right tackle. Yeah, the, those are all fair points. They never, to my recollection, deployed two right tackles at the same time, like I have begged uh, for basically the last four years. Melvin Gordon showed he has some nice hands. His uh, touchdown grab uh, was wide receiver-like down the right sideline. Um, well, Driscoll, maybe they have a better plan for him this next week to – maybe try and play to whatever his strengths are. I'm not going to pretend like I really know. Like I watched him a little bit with Detroit last year, him and uh, David Blau. Uh, I remember David Blau playing well very early, but um, Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Those are two perfectly named quarterbacks for the Steel City. (laughs) When you think about it, very like – it really is. Uh, not to like go off on a tangent, which I think we could right there. Um, but when you were t- when you were saying all those really good points, I just kept thinking about. I need to take a second to tell tell Will like we should work in, some, but that we shouldn't work in a Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges joke if they're not not playing. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what our new corporate overlords think about tangents. I feel like, you know, they might be all about efficiency. But then again, it's it's 940 where you are, 830 or 840 where I am. You can't expect us to, to focus this late at night. No. Um, <clears throat> it's – Yeah. Um, Duck here's Hodges. my qu- – I, I do have a solid question for you, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Drew Locke was only in for like a series and a half. He had five passing attempts, only had one completion on those attempts. I think the one thing he – you mentioned him, you know, maybe checking out of plays, doing a little more pre-snap. Also more mobile than Jeff Driscoll. I I don't doubt he would have avoided some sacks just based on his athleticism. And I think watching Drew Locke last week and then the short time this week, he can move. He can get out of out of hairy situations, and it's it's not like a fluke. It's like that's part of his game. But my question for you is, do you think he would have played much better than Jeff Driscoll in this game had he stayed healthy for the whole thing? That's a really good question. That's something I was thinking about because at the time that Drew Luck got injured, uh, he was, I think, one for five yeah. for 20 yards. For 20 yards. And I think Jerry Judy had a drop early on. Yeah, it wasn't a great throw. Yeah, it wasn't a great throw, but it was a drop. The announcers gave Judy shit for – they're like, you got to catch all of those types of passes. So, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so honestly, early on, 
it looked like he was in for a rough day. Yeah, he looked out, he looked a little unsettled, I guess. He did. Yeah, and you know, and, and it's unfair because you go out, you get injured within the score zero zero, and you still take the loss for the whole oh, day. In the regardless of what happens yeah. after. Yeah. I mean that feels kind of unfair, doesn't it? Yeah, no, because Drew Locke was five and one heading into this season, and now he's five and three with the two, or four and one. Now he's four and yeah, he's four and three now. Four and three now. Yeah, that's even worse. Fuck, we don't want that. <laughs> no, it, it feels like he didn't deserve a loss last week. Although you know it's more fair because he played the full game. Takes the loss this week. I feel like they should judge losses kind of like they do in baseball for pitchers. Like if you come in, you know, if you if you leave in the, you know, you have a lead after six innings, and the reliever blows it, the reliever gets the loss. Yeah, it should who it should be for that one stat, whoever takes the most snaps. Yes, I agree. Or plays the the majority of time. Mm-hmm. I think that's a a good way to look at it, and we're gonna have a chat. With the league office. Yeah, I'll call them tomorrow. Yep. I'll get you on the conference call. Um, yeah, I mean, that's something we need to talk about with them. But regardless, I think it's hard to put the loss on Driscoll, too, because he played really, really well under short notice against what everyone's been calling the best defense in the league. I don't know if I'm there yet. But they have a pretty ferocious pass rush. Yeah, um, you had to play like I said, you know, swinging gate at right tackle. So that's a lot of that's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of pressure on him. And he he did so well, I think, given the circumstances. Who knows if uh, it holds up when teams get a little more tape on him? Yeah, but yeah. you know, that's um that's the life of a backup quarterback. And if because <laughs> I want to ask you again, like I asked you last week, like what what are your positives that you can take yeah. away from this and I think Driscoll actually was yeah um, was a positive I don't think anybody should walk away from that game shitting on Driscoll uh no although early on just kind of coming through Twitter um it was a lot of Driscoll sucks Driscoll's unwatchable well how did John Elway not come up with a better backup quarterback this offseason signed Kaepernick knew that was coming right you know signed Cam Newton all that bullshit yeah, Cam would have been back up there. He was fine. And then at the end of the game, you know, you look at Driscoll's numbers and you get the same people on Twitter going, uh, Driscoll's better than Drew Locke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is yeah, the yeah, attention you, people on I, Twitter and why you shouldn't have a Twitter, really. So, somebody on Twitter, I think it was yesterday, they, like, responded to, like, three or four of my tweets, and some of them were old. And then he sent a tweet that said, I can't remember why I subscribed to this account. There is absolutely nothing of value here. Unsubbing. Bye. It's like, okay, man. <laughs> like, who, who's really providing any value on Twitter anyway? No, it's, it's um, in terms of value, it's a black hole. It's not just negative. Yeah. It sucks up all, all value into it a vacuum and then explodes yeah. it makes your brain worse and just to be clear too 
because somebody else like tagged me in something saying like they couldn't stand Broncos Twitter. And it was like me. I think Andrew Mason was tagged in there, who's usually yeah, pretty. Like, well, join, yeah, join the club, first and, of all. Yeah, a couple other people, and they're like, Broncos, uh, Broncos media are way too react, re- reactionary. Everything is something. And I was like, well, that's the point. It's like yeah. the fun of tweeting during a game is like when your team does something good, it's the best thing on earth. And when it's bad, it's like the worst thing on earth. You can have logical discuss- discussions and, and shit afterwards, but like to me, I enjoy riding that fucking roller coaster on Twitter. So when OJ Moutier makes a couple good plays early, I say he's looking pretty good, and then things turn for the worse. Like I'm rewatching some of the game for tomorrow's episode, and his dropped interception changed really, the game. Really bad. Also, the following play, he misses the tackle on Juju Smith-Schuster that goes for the first down on third and 10. Like, he's trying to strip the ball instead of tackling him, which cost him. And then I, I rewatched the, the Chase Claypool 84-yard touchdown, and that one's maybe the worst because Claypool does push off of him. I understand why he's frustrated, but he goes like this to the ref. Yeah. Like, he looks at the ref like this. And he slows down wow. because he thinks Claypool is running past him. He thinks Claypool's falling out of bounds, and he's not. And yeah. then, as he realizes Claypool starts to go, he just eats shit. So it is like if you're, and I don't want to be too hard on him because he is a rookie. He's getting thrown in here, but those are like those are mistakes a professional football player shouldn't be making. Like he shouldn't. A rookie especially shouldn't be looking to the ref for a call mid-play. Like, you should be too scared to fuck up <laughs> to, right. to doing that. And the, his action of doing that set up the touchdown because he could have made the tackle if he didn't slow himself down. So it was, like, it was yeah. frustrating. I didn't want to be hard on him, but, like, I don't know how not to after I started to rewatch kind of what happened. Because my knock was going to be, he also looks like he doesn't wrap up when he tackles. He leads with his shoulder a lot. And early it worked for him because he knocked the guy out of bounds. But uh, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even on that play where he knocked him out of bounds, it looked like Juju Smith-Schuster was about to recover almost. And then yeah, began his footing and run for a first down. Yeah, I mean, you know, I asked you for positives and, you know, naturally we're talking talking about about the worst player on the field today. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But no, it was, it was really hard to watch because it looked like there were just a million little button hooks that the Steelers ran today right in front of him. And after the Claypool pass, he was just so worried about not getting burned down the sideline again, that he was giving up a ton of cushion and the Steelers yeah. took advantage of it, whether it's you know Smith Schuster or Deontay Johnson, and then Deontay Johnson eventually burns him um, for another touchdown. Ben, I feel like I've seen that that same exact throw by Roethlisberger fifty thousand times, where he's like rolling out and and launches it to the end zone, and the ball like just dies perfectly into the receiver's arms. That back like you made that way. same exact throw in the AFC Championship game back in two thousand five. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll just like clip them together and it's crazy like how he still does that. Um, but yeah, OJ Moody, a rough, rough game. And I feel bad for him because like 
there's a you know there's an inf- there's an uh, alternate universe where he has two interceptions already this season. Yeah, and maybe get some confidence from that, and and doesn't get <laughs> torched. But I mean, this was bound to happen because you lose AJ Boye, and then okay, Ben Roethlisberger sees I have Bryce Callahan on one side, who I think was pretty good today. Um, not having really delved into the game or anything, and then okay, I've got a rookie on the other side. Of course, the veteran quarterback who has a really good relationship with his receivers is going to target the rookie on the outside all day long. So it's it's tough because he played poorly, yeah, but he was put in a situation yeah, put to in fail. A really tough situation. It, like, I guess it makes me wonder. I don't know if Bosby was active activated for this game. Uh, or if he, I didn't see him. I didn't see him on the field ever. It just makes me wonder how – the coaching decision of knowing that Bosby was playing well in games last year. Yeah. What's different now where they don't think that and given he, his, he had a serious neck injury. So like, I don't know if that's affected his body at all or like his know, willingness to tackle maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying I know more than the coaches, but I just, I would like to know why you don't have him out there. If you see a guy like Moutier, uh, struggling. Um, the one thing that seems similar to Vic Fangio as when they had Kubiak and there was all those struggles at right tackle and it just felt like they were being too stubborn to change anything. Fangio feels like a little, a little stubborn to change things Yeah. in games. Like it takes him like a week too long to maybe make an adjustment or something. I remember watching like Yadam get burned last year and like, are you going to help him? Are you going to do something different? And it was like, no, just let the guy, let the guy play, man. <laughs> Not that Fangio sounds like an old hippie. Just let the guy play, man. <laughs> but I don't know. It's let the good, let the good times roll, man. Um, no, I mean, there's something to leaving a guy in there to take his lumps, I think, and develop. Like say if Drew Locke had a, tough start to the season obviously like you're just like okay well he's hitting a rough patch he's just gonna have to work his way through it like things will get better hopefully he learns something from the experience um and makes it through to the other side you know it's a test of his toughness too but when you have a situation like Elijah Wilkinson is like he's sabotaging the offense more or less um from his inability to stop really anyone on the right side and, you know, maybe if you plug in Dotson, for example. Right. Driscoll's got a little more time back there. And yep. instead of seven backs, there's like, you know, four. And the yeah. offense runs a little more smoothly. But, yeah, I mean, this doesn't seem like a regime that's especially going to make changes in game. And when you think about, like, what you said about Kubiak, one of his most famous coaching decisions is, like, his week 17 against the Chargers in-game change where he takes out Brock Osweiler. Fair enough. Changes the course of history. Right. Um, football history, yeah. sports history, world history. Not only does he do that, like he, he takes out Schofield too and puts in Tyler Columbus, which oh, like I yeah. thought it was funny because Tyler Columbus was tweeting about putting in DeMar Dotson. I was like, yeah. you're probably – he was probably on the sideline just 
getting heated that Michael Schofield was giving up 15 yeah. sacks to Cliff Mack, and he was standing there holding his offensive line clipboard. Yeah. Um, remind me, uh, what was that? What, what I want to talk about after I do this read? I don't know. I'll figure it out. But here's a great transition into yeah. our mid roll ad for DraftKings. Tired of watching the Broncos losing? How about you do some winning of your own? They didn't give me that line to read either. Well, that's just me winging it. That's riffing, baby. Winging it, riffing it all the way. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into how many? Five. Five? No, Will. Ten? Uh-uh. $100. Hold on. Let me do the math. That's a factor of 100. Yes. Is $100 now like $20? It feels like $100 isn't that much anymore. No, I mean, I think about inflation all the time and how I could have like, I, I could have bought a house with like a week's salary back in, uh, you know, like 1986. Yeah. But um, I think $100, especially if it's coming from DraftKings is, you know, it's well, a good amount nice, of money. It's a nice thing to have. It's a nice sum. Uh, if you turn $1 into $100 by betting on any team, if that team wins, you cash that money. That's a good deal. Uh, and if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all of you MMA fans the same great offer to use for this weekend's UFC 253. That's got to be on a fight island somewhere, right? Are they still doing fight island in UFC? I don't know. Anyway, Probably. DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, and uh, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code DNBR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week three, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to $100 when you use promo code DNBR during the sign-up. If I would have known I was going to be repeating this, I probably would have done the part before this just a slight, slight bit differently, uh, but too late now. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. You know it. I am so good at those now. Uh, DraftKings, I'm your favorite spokesman. Just admit it. <laughs> they have to have like 50,000, right? How many ad reads do you think? Oh, they I get? don't know. In Colorado, a ton. They, it's like with sports betting legal here, it's like huge right now. Um, yeah, they're, I mean, they're everywhere. So good for them. And thank you for sponsoring this show, DraftKings. Of um, okay. You. Positive. Regularly. You wanted me to give you a positive. I know it's limited, limited, but KJ Hamler, I think, looked pretty good. Um, Yeah, I mean, so did Jerry Judy. Judy, yes. Judy looked good good last week, though, too. He did. Okay, I'll give give Judy this. He also took a pretty brutal shot. Uh, I think had some sort of rib injury and then returned to the to the game because at one point uh Cortland Sutton's leaving with an injury you see Jerry Judy get hurt Drew Locke's already out 
Philip Lindsay's already out. You're like, what else is going to go wrong? Um, but you know, like Hamler, that was his first game, three receptions, 48 yards. So like nothing crazy, but it just looked like once he gets more opportunities, he'll be a playmaker. Uh, Sutton's injury is unfortunate, uh, but he looked like Sutton looked like he just, you know, he, he caught that after the Claypool touchdown, Driscoll goes deep to Sutton. Sutton looks like he has like a step or two and goes down. <laughs> also true. The, the ghost of Eric Decker. <laughs> yeah, wreaking Decker havoc on the, on the 2020 team. Tripping them up all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, that was unfortunate. But KJ Hamler, I'm honestly a little surprised. Like, I think you know when you see a rookie miss a lot of training camp in the first game, you're like, okay, how much is he really going to contribute this right. season? But you put him out there, and it's clear that like immediately he's a tough guy to match up with. Yeah, he's going to provide mismatches, and then I think that that the thing is Noah Fant for the second week in a row, just looks like the best offensive player the Broncos have. Yeah. Um, four Despite getting zero targets. Despite going like two halves with yeah. really no targets. And yeah, it's like, how come he's not – he should be involved with every drive, I feel like. I guess however right. much George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are used, that should be the target for the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, you watch – how the Chiefs use Travis Kelsey and there's so many just like nine yard little hitches where he's always wide open and it feels like yeah. the Broncos could do that with all the speed they have at wide receiver too um yeah he, he just looks like a man out there and he's improved so much like kind of you know in a year where nothing's really gone according to plan for this team everyone was expecting him to step up and like he did he did get, he did really get better through these first two games um, despite, you know, two halves of kind of inactivity. Um, but he looked good. And he was doing it against Devin Bush, too, which is the other thing, because those guys are um, obviously always connected together at this point. And I'm just, you know. It was the better it looked, pick. It looked good. It, it looked good. Better pick. That trade too, so. Good job, John I, Elway. Guess who's not afraid to prop Elway up, Will and I? us we'll do it okay the negative though maybe this is me i thought i thought special teams looked atrocious really bad really bad i mean we spent so much time talking about slamming sam it was the coverage units it was the return units it was the punt team (laughs) and like i'm not gonna knock the gooch slayer missing a 58 yard field goal um, yeah, but then when I watch Harrison Butker kick a 58-yard game winner for the Chiefs, I'm just like, ah, oh, the good. Yeah, team, but for some reason, it's good... not possible to hit long field goals in Pittsburgh. I don't know why. I think it's their surface, but Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm never like the Gooch. The Gooch Slayer is he hits everything inside 50. That's kind of his job, and maybe he'll maybe he'll uh, split the split the it's uprise like 50, from further out. 50, but... 50 outside of 50, huh? Yeah, I mean, we got to play to his strengths more. Yeah, I mean, he has the leg. It, like I said, I'm not knocking him for it, but when you're talking about a good football team, it's just like they convert on those plays. Like, they, they right. just get the points there. They just – you don't even think about it. 58-yarder, yeah, fuck yeah, do it. They're going to get the points. 
Like what well, I- yeah, yeah. No, I mean to your point, literally, you take those two plays, you get a field goal. It's three points. Take away the safety. That's two yeah. points. The Broncos lost by five points. And that the Sam Martin safety because he fumbles the the snap to him. Like yeah, just a mistake. But the reason the Broncos were backed up there was because they tried to return a kick deep in the end zone and got tackled like on the nine yard line or some shit. Yeah, that seemed like a, you know, KJ Hamler. I believe it was KJ Hamler. Yeah, it was Hamler with lead blocker uh, Deontay Spencer. (laughs) Like, why are both those guys back there? I've never understood the two returners thing. Pick your best returner. And get two guys ahead of him that can fucking block. Yeah, like get, get like Andrew back up there. Yeah, because Spencer totally whiffed, or, di- or like, or didn't even have time to really. I think Spencer thought Hamlin was going to knee it. And yeah, then, I mean, I don't blame Deontay Spencer. If I'm five seven out there, no, I'm, he shouldn't I'm be running blocking. into anybody. Yeah, it, it was, and the Steelers returned a punt for a touchdown. It got called back because of blocking the back. Like the special teams could have been worse. And they were pretty bad. So that was – that's like a – just like I'm getting – I'm tired. I'm so tired with talking about the Broncos and all of the little things that had them so close to winning the game, but yeah. they didn't do it right. I just want every week to be like when they played Houston last year. When I, That's the last time I felt good start to finish about a Broncos game in, I don't know, two or three years it feels like. No, you're absolutely right. And here's the thing. We talked about, and a lot of people talked about this too, and it's a big thing in the the nerd analytics community that, oh, if you had a bunch of close losses one year, that luck's going to even out. Okay, maybe it's, maybe it's not just luck, and maybe they're not good in one-score games. Maybe that's like a skill you have to acquire, and it's not just a, you know, toss of the coin. Yeah, it's about experience and making the right coaching decisions, um, and executing on the little things. It's not just like, you know, it's not chance. And I hate that. Why when people say like, "Oh, they're so good in, in you know close games, so they can't do that again." Like, no, there's you know there's something to that. The Chiefs. It feels like you know when the Chiefs are on offense and they need a field goal at the end of the game, like they're just getting it. Yeah, it happened. And it's not, you know, maybe they get it, maybe they don't. It's they're getting it because they do it every time and they're the right players and they know what to do uh, and they make the right decisions. And yeah. they have a guy like Harrison Butker who you can rely on to, to tie the game and a guy like Patrick Mahomes who you can rely on to get the ball in the field goal range. Yeah, it's uh, – the Chiefs had to do that today because they didn't play well, but they, they got the, the touchdown late. Um, and the, the, with the Broncos too, when they have gotten the late game scores to take the lead, all of, all of a sudden the defense just can't get a stop. <laughs> like, right. doesn't matter if there's 20 seconds on the clock or two minutes, the defense can't stop the team before they get into field goal range. So it, it is all the, those things. And I think like the Broncos are right now, they are a young team. And there are a lot of good players on the team. And obviously not even thinking about the quarterback because that changes everything. But they're just not a good team yet. So you can have all these good players, which they do have. And they just have to figure out how to execute at 
the highest level consistently and not just at flashes at different points in the games. Cause that's also kind of what it feels like they'll get a, I mean, the, before Drew Locke got hurt, Melvin Gordon probably got the majority of his rushing yards on that drive. Yeah, like 44 was, before or something close to that. It was like three runs in a row from him. They're all great. They're in the red zone. Melvin Gordon leaves because I think he needs to catch his breath. And then they, they just take a shot in the end zones. Like, why not just keep running it until they stop you? Like, you are owning them on this right now. Uh, and then they run it and get three, and then they're in third and seven, and then Drew Lock gets hurt. So it's just – you can question all that shit, but if I'm a coach – and I've just run three runs in a row, and they have all been very successful. I'm going to keep doing that until it does not work. Yeah, Unless I, mean, I know I have a great play where play action is going to set up an easy throw for my quarterback, and that's not what happened at all. So, I don't know. Yeah, and thinking about it and just kind of connecting the dots a little bit here, Pat Schirmer had a rookie quarterback last year, and – he got his quarterback hurt because uh, they didn't have a good offensive line, and the Shermer offense like prioritizes taking shots. And like I said earlier, it's a bad combination. And that was the case today, especially against a really good pass rush. They weren't throwing quick throws for yeah. the most part. They were taking shots downfield. It's like, okay, maybe it was just kind of a matter of time before the quarterback got hurt. Yeah, I mean – Quick throws to Judy and Hamler, I'll take that all day at this point. Right. It feels like easy yards. I mean, yeah. Um, there was one more thing I had in my head. I, Justin I'm not Simmons. He was a positive. What's that? Justin Simmons. He was a positive. Oh, yeah. Justin Simmons was great. Um, One-handed interception. One-handed interception. He batted a pass down. I think Malik Reed had the other batted pass. Your old school. Uh, yes. My classmate. Drill Casey batted a pass down for the second week in a row. Oh, maybe it was Casey and not Malik Reed. Yeah, I think Casey's got like three within um, two weeks. Hmm. Here's something that happened. What's that? listing things that happen at this point but we kind of have to Shelby no. Harris fumble. Uh, James Conner had 106 yards didn't know that what <laughs> didn't feel like he had 106 <laughs> just like, didn't feel like Trev or uh, Derrick Henry Derrick had, <laughs> had 160 last week so didn't feel like Travis Henry had 23 kids <laughs> but he oh, did I found I found the all right, I didn't find the stat. I just put it together that Antonio Cromartie and Philip Rivers were on the same team at the same yeah. time. And oh, they, man. Together, they do total 20, 23 kids or, yeah, 23. Yeah, he has like – he has 14, and I think Rivers has nine. So my idea for my, my the next shirt I want to do is just going to say Rivers – and then the eye is a, a sperm. I think we got to make that a thing that we sell. <laughs> oh, man. I think that, yeah. No, that maybe good. if you're looking at it from a distance, you think it's a river, but then you get close and you see it's just a sperm. 
Yeah, no, the Chargers, the Chargers fans are gonna um, buy those in mass. Yeah, like, like six shirts. We'll probably get sold. I, I've, I'm mad that we didn't capitalize on having Locke, Carr, Rivers, and uh, Mahomes. And oh Being yeah. a shirt with a Locke, a Mahome, a Carr, and a River. Like, there's something there. <laughs> yeah. No, it feels like. Um... It feels like you're creating um, like a Sim City, right there. Yeah, exactly. Out of AFC West quarterbacks, yeah, Herbert. Oh, that's really fit. Yeah, Herbert kind of throws a yeah. throws a wrench in it. And Herbert Herbert started today. I guess Tyrod Taylor was taken to the hospital for his chest pains. So yeah, I don't know what the hell is? You have like a heart. <laughs> That was strange. I found out or I read somewhere that Herbert didn't know he was going to start until uh, the tweet said five to ten seconds before kickoff. <laughs> Which that's I don't know, the, like I, that's how I'd want it to happen. Like it feels it like seems like like a panic attack kind of thing from Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, it might have been. Um, and the best way to not give your rookie quarterback a panic attack is to tell him five yeah. seconds before the game that he's starting. Like, you don't have any no, time maybe. to think about it. Yeah, optimistically, maybe this was like a revolutionary coaching strategy from Anthony Lynn. Maybe. Like, yeah, he doesn't get to prepare for the game, but also he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to stress out the night before. Yeah. It's, it's kind perfect. of – nor does the um, opposing team get to uh, prepare for him. Hmm. Herbert's second game, you think he looks better or worse? Depends who they're playing. Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, you should have more information say, to think about But to that. answer your question, I think he'll probably dip a little bit. Because I, I he missed a lot of throws that he should have made. Make. Should have made and then um, made some throws, I think, that were kind of tough to replicate. I mean, ultimately, I, I thought he played really, really well against a pretty great defense. Uh, they're playing Carolina next week, so my answer to your question is yes. Better. He will look better. <laughs> or the same. We'll say roughly the same. The same. They got Carolina and then Tampa Bay after that. Then, ooh, Carolina, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Yeah, and the Jets and Dolphins. Buccaneers. Ugh. Oh, you never, you never know. Like the, I don't think the Buccaneers are necessarily world beaters. I don't think they are either. I just think they have. The Panthers could be bad too. They, they just have really enough bad. playmakers to win, to beat the Broncos by another two points. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to OJ Mudia. Guarding Mike Evans. Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Yeah, man, A.J. Boye. Put things together real quick. That A.J. Boye injury really hurts now. I mean, obviously, all of the injuries suck. A.J. Boye injury hurts. There's a train going by. Um, They're just agreeing. The horn horn is being blown to agree. Um... (laughs) that all these injuries really hurt. I mean, you could just like, it's like you, like the, the injury list is like a, you know, like an old timey scroll that you unfurl and it just like drops to your feet and rolls 
up through the door and just yeah. keeps going. That's, that's what it feels like. Um, yeah, it does. But you know what? They just got to battle like they did today. And yeah. maybe they don't, you know, maybe it's a tough season again. I think things are pointing that way. But I think it's going to be a very tough season. Don't now. lay down. I don't, I think tanking's for losers. And I like a team that's going to um, play hard regardless. Yeah, they, we learned they're resilient today. And that's not even like a positive spin or twist. It's just a team no, they, that they were. had a million chances to give up and they played their ass off the entire time against a pretty good Steelers team. I'm still not sold on the Steelers offense yet, but maybe it'll, it'll click at some point. But the Broncos made more of an effort than I would have thought given those the circumstances. So, like I said at the very beginning of the podcast, never did I feel so shitty and hopeful in the same game where the feelings of shittiness were long and tough and dark, like you said. I almost went to that dark place too where I was ready to just turn the game off and just watch Red Zone to work on the... Same. The, like that's good sports review of it and uh but i didn't i it's like i can't <laughs> i kept trying to and they just you know like the late great michael corleone said in godfather part three which everyone knows is the best of the trilogy i you know i keep trying to change it to red zone and they keep pulling me back in exactly that's how the quote goes and we hope we pull you back in every week here on the That's Good Broncos podcast. Make sure you subscribe on the podcast places, iTunes or wherever the fuck you listen to these. Podcast.com, I assume. Podcast.com. Uh, we're, we'll probably always be doing a recap of the Broncos game. Then we'll have a mid-ish week pod and the Broncos prediction episodes on Saturday. So that's kind of the schedule here. It'll yeah, depend. we got we might have to move predictions on uh, Patreon every week too. If oh, that yeah. interests. NFL we'll predictions on Patreon. We'll put those all on the uh, on the page. So if you're wondering where those went, that's where they are. That's where they currently reside. A lot on our plate here, and we're eating it up. Good night. Keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. Good, good night and good luck. You did it again. <laughs> yes. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three. There is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week three, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right, you can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? You can't. Don't worry, if football's not for you, DraftKings is giving all of you MMA fans the same great offer to use for this weekend's UFC 253. DraftKings is safe, reliable and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. 
So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week three, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code DNVR during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.